oh, hey, it's Black History Month. Every year, about a week before Black History Month starts, people begin to reach out to me. They would like for me to participate in conversations about Black History Month or topics associated with Black history, what have you. Sometimes I'm, I'm reached out to, to work on projects or to facilitate or support diversity and equity related conversations. Here's what I need for people to consider and to be aware of. Reaching out to me a week before the month arrives communicates to me that it wasn't really a priority for you. I plan my content out for my blog pretty far ahead because there's some dates that I know are always coming. Like I know that St. Patrick's Day is in March. I know that Easter is always either in March or uh, April. I know that Memorial Day happens when? When it happens every year. At the end of May. I know that Labor Day is every September. I know that July 4th is always in July. So if I know that Black History Month is always the shortest month of the year, February, and you reach out to me a week before, that tells me a lot. It just does. It just really does. I am Black, but I am not a diversity and equity facilitator because if I were, I would be charging a lot of money. They are expensive, rightfully so, and have a very specific set of skills that they should be paid for to facilitate the kinds of conversations that we're trying to have, especially in professional settings. This is not free work. Because this is an ongoing conversation, it takes a lot of different skills, it takes a collaborative spirit, it takes a willingness to, to sit down and talk about things that are uncomfortable. So that's just true. I am not an equity, diversity and equity facilitator. If I were, you would need to be paying me money, period. something about me that may surprise you. When I was in high school, I helped found the school's first ever Black Students Union. I also competed in a Black History Trivia Bowl with a few of my friends and we won it. It was actually maybe across the state, but we won it. In fact, we won scholarship money to use towards some of our college expenses. Yes, I even wore those African medallions on occasion. Gen X life, am I right? So when I say that I've never completely loved Black History Month, this may surprise you with what I've just expressed. At that point in my life, I really didn't have the life experience or the language to articulate what I'm about to now. I was basically grappling with the idea of performative allyship versus authentic allyship. And for me, Black History Month really illustrates this. It was wonderful to spend a solid month truly shining a light and showing the contributions that African-Americans have made both in the United States and beyond. But I was always a little annoyed that of all the months we chose, cold-ass February, which is the shortest month of the year, is the one that we chose. Why not March? And my thought was also that African-Americans made contributions to the U.S. all year long. I felt like we were being told to be happy with this performative allyship, and I just rubbed me the wrong way. 
In 2020, I felt like we finally had some deep and solid conversations about what African-Americans in general really want. We wanted more. Why the hell wouldn't we? In this episode, I'm going to talk about how we need to extend Black History Month to Black History Year and how to do it thoughtfully. In order to get to the show notes, you'll go to michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash Black History Month. In the past week, we've watched Reddit, subreddit, Wall Street bets beat hedge funds and rich people at their own game. It has been a fascinating drama to watch. And every time I read a Twitter thread, Facebook post, or watch an Instagram or TikTok story about the situation, I love how this group of people banded together and blew the door off the system. And the system I refer to is the one where it feels like other people can leverage their knowledge so that the rest of us can't win. Now, before I continue with the show, please note that In this show, I'm specifically referencing African-American people, Black people, but what you should also note and understand is I'm also implying other people of color and women in many of these observations, but this is a Black History Month piece of content, so I need to have you be clear on the fact that I am specifically addressing African-American needs first and foremost in this show's content. I need everyone to be clear about the following. Respectfully, I don't care about having lift every voice and sing at events that we attend. Like I don't want to go to the Nuggets game and have people sing this who don't care about the song, the the meaning behind it, or the words. And I say this respectfully to Representative James Clyburn, who for some reason has gotten excited about this idea. While it's an interesting development to have Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill, I'm completely neutral on this. I have no feelings about it. Quite honestly, faces on money change. And it's surprising that it has taken so long to change the faces on our current iteration of U.S. currency. So I just think that money, faces change on money. If you go to Canada, you see a whole bunch of different people on their money and that changes all the time. If you go to other countries, faces on dollar bills or on their currency change. So I am completely neutral on this because it's just one of those things, currency changes. I am paying attention to what people say that they're going to do and I'm going to call them out on when they don't do what they say. For example, when I said that Ice Cube made a mistake when he was trying to work with the previous president, who I knew made lots of empty promises, so it made Ice Cube look like a fool. The previous president was unable to steal the election, so even if he was interested in fulfilling whatever he said he was going to fulfill, that wasn't going to happen. And so I brought this up in a show. I'm also remembering what the current president, President Biden, has promised on the campaign trail. I took notes. What I really want. I want money. I want money. I want substantive policy. I want paid leave for both single people and families. I want a government that functions on a human and humane level. Americans will always love capitalism. All the crazy socialism talk tells me that people really have no self-awareness and they're much more invested in racism. I say this because a lot of them talk about favorite countries and where they would live if they weren't able to live in the U.S. The number of times people are like, oh my God, I love Canada. I love it so much. I would so live there. I'm like, you mean the same Canada where everyone has universal health care? 
that Canada or when people are like, oh, I, you know, I just love the United Kingdom and blah, blah, blah. I'm like the same United Kingdom that paid people an ongoing stipend, some income during this whole pandemia. I'm being funny, pandemic. Or when people sit there and they talk about Scandinavia and how, oh my God, I love Sweden. I'm like, Sweden that takes care of everything for its citizens, but they understand that their high taxes go in a pool so that everything is taken care of for them. That's Sweden. So the thing is, I need you guys to start thinking and using your brain cells because it's clear that you're not. Americans love capitalism and variations of it. We will always hustle. We will always work hard, but we need our government to function humanely for the people of this country, for all people. I watched with interest this year as Americans discovered something accidentally that they loved, time flexibility. They had no idea, most people, what that was all about. They'd never experienced it. When you're forced to go home and work from home, if you're still working a job, and I need to say it that way because a lot of people lost their jobs and it would be inconsiderate not to bring that up. But if you are still employed right now and you have the kind of flexibility that most people are experiencing right now, that's that's something that people, like the genie, genie is out of the bottle. It's gonna be very difficult to get American employees to, to agree to working the way that they were before. I've already seen chatter online on Twitter, on Facebook, in person, where people are like, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to be commuting like that ever again. Or I need to, I'm okay with working in the office three days a week or four days a week, but I don't want to be there five. I've seen it and employers are going to have to make adjustments. I do not think we will be all at home moving forward. I think that a lot of organizations will push back on that. And I think it's actually good for organizational culture to have people pop in at least a couple of times a week just to see everyone and who they're working with. But quite honestly, things are different. And part of it is what we expect and how we should be treated. For Black History Month, I want us to have conversations about subsidized childcare. COVID has completely decimated women's ability to pursue their professions and make money if they have kids and they cannot take care of the kids because the cost is so expensive or because of just regulations and that kind of thing with COVID. But even separate from COVID, this was a problem before. So people would sit there and say, moms would say, I love my career, but I can't do it because if I work, I'm making the same amount that we would use to pay a babysitter, a childcare provider. That doesn't make sense. I don't even have kids. That doesn't make sense. I would like to have kids in the future, but quite honestly, part of the reason I'm waiting is not just because I need to meet the, my husband. Where are you, man? <laughs> the fact of the matter is I wouldn't have been able to afford them. I would not have been able to afford any kids, any childcare, anything. And it would have been traumatic because I've worked so hard and I didn't want for my future kids to have to struggle in the way that I've had to for a long time. And a lot of the moms affected by a policy like that, even though it benefits all moms, moms of color, black women, Latina women, 
We need this kind of policy, which is humane so that women can win. And quite honestly, women are changing how they work because of these problems. There's a reason why black women are like, we're going to just create our own businesses and we're going to circumvent all of this because this isn't working for us. There's a reason why entrepreneurship is shooting up 300% in that demographic compared to everyone else. I want America to have a minimum paid vacation duration instead of the implied two weeks of vacation. I don't know if you guys realize this, but we don't have a law on the books for a minimum paid vacation in the United States. We're the only Western country that doesn't have a law like this. My mom was actually shocked when I was like, mom, this year, by the way, mom, you know that there's no law that says we have to have vacation, right? And she's like, well, what? What? She researched it because she did not believe me. We don't even have a minimum duration of vacation time for people to replenish their energy, to spend time with their family, to take care of their loved ones, to go have a trip and spend cash. We do not have that. That does not make sense. When I saw an article recently about Denmark and its minimum wage and the fact that workers at McDonald's in Denmark get six weeks of paid vacation and they get paid $22 an hour. Are you serious? Surely we can at least let everyone have three weeks off because honestly, the two weeks are a pain because you can't get nothing done in two weeks. Two weeks of vacation in a year is usually eaten up by one week sick leave, especially if you don't have sick leave. And then the other week it's running errands. So two weeks makes no sense. And I used to live in France and they have, les, uh, I think it's la vacances et longue. Excuse my French. It's been a really long time since I've studied French and lived in France. But the whole idea is the long vacations. That's basically what it is. And they, as a country, everyone gets five to six weeks off. They are gone. And when I mean they are gone, people, tourists are told do not visit France at the end of summer because everything's basically closed because everyone's on vacation. That's all I got to say. I want America to focus on affordable education. Again, this is all about Black History Month, but all of these policies significantly affect Black people. Why is our education so, so expensive? Why is it so expensive to even get your bachelor's degree and then you have to get your master's because bachelor's feels like a high school diploma now and then you're you start your professional life a lot of people significantly in debt doesn't even make sense the model however has been disrupted during covid and a lot of students are no longer going to accept that they should be paying the kind of money that they are for courses that they're taking online that don't meet the standard of what they initially expected and were paying for. And I think that that's gonna open up a broader conversation and it's well past time, especially with those schools with significant endowments. Black History Month for me, with these previous comments, it's 365 days of conversations about policy, about politics, about how we treat our citizens, about what we want as a country. The things that I want require, like the things that I want to help people and to make people's lives better require 
365 days of constant conversation and focus. For me, Black history is a continuous history, just like everyone else's. It's how we treat Black people on a daily basis, just on the financial front alone. Don't get me started on our civil rights and that kind of, those are different episodes. I'm just talking about the money in this episode. And quite honestly, the same could be said for every other culture that we celebrate in all the other months that we celebrate. Asian American history, Latin American history, all the things, okay? Women's, you know, financial month, whatever. My point is all these conversations are conversations that we need to be having each and every day. Black history for me is the past, present, and future. It is a constantly lived experience. I don't leave my door and my house and turn white. Like, that's not how it works. I'm always black. <laughs> you know, like I am always black when I leave my house, when I'm inside my house, when I'm asleep, when I'm awake, when I'm hiking, when I am not. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? And so it makes no sense that for one month we're going to be like hyper-focused. I'm over it. Having one month designated to having the tough conversations about race and politics and humanity and how we treat one another and what we expect, it does everyone a disservice. At the end of the day, I care about the following. Do you support policy that empowers all Americans? Do you support policy that keeps American citizens from falling into poverty? Ironically, all of these policies will help people across the board. If the U.S. government's like, okay, we're going to have three weeks of minimum leave and, and it's a federal policy. Guess what? All Americans get to enjoy that. Like, is that not a good thing? People are so quick to be shitty that they don't even think about that. Think about it. If we have family leave, don't white people have families too? Asians, Hispanics, Arab Americans. It just, it seems like there is a segment of people, regardless of color, like there's, you know, there's always that cousin. There's a segment of people who want to hold fast and furious to things that aren't serving us, serving us well because they want to stick it to other people or because they're afraid that one person out of a hundred is going to get the service that shouldn't instead of 99 people who need it. And I have to wonder about you. I really do. And I actually, that last comment, I saw a, a tweet similar to that. That was not my original thought. So I saw a tweet where it said Republicans, and this is the specific tweet. It was something like Republicans worry about the one person who shouldn't get something and Democrats worry about the, the 99 people who should. Just some food for thought. Are you having ongoing and transparent conversations about hiring, negotiation tactics, and who's an ally? Are you connecting people with opportunities that will help them grow their professional lives and their wallets? Are you open to having uncomfortable conversations when they come up and listen without judgment? To end this, I have some questions. Where's my stimmy? And this one time check thing is bullshit. Why are we hunger gaming our way through this? Is it any surprise that the Wall Street bets Reddit rose up and fought against the hedge funds? Countries doing monthly checks or variations of significant financial support for their citizens 
through unemployment systems, that kind of thing, include, but are not limited to the following countries, the Netherlands, Germany. What's interesting about Germany is freelancers in particular have been really well served by that government. Canada, oh, Canada, Denmark, the United Kingdom, France. So when you guys sit there and talk about America is so great, and then you go and visit these other countries and you're like, I want to live there. And I'm like, aren't you forgetting that they have systems that you don't want for your own country? And that part of the reason why you're attracted to living to, in these other countries is because of the systems that they've enacted to treat their citizens in a humane way because they're citizens, not consumers. I did bring this up in a previous episode that American language and the language we use to describe Americans is very, very specific. It is not even nuanced anymore. At least for the last 20 years, we call Americans consumer, the American consumer, not American citizens. And that tells you everything about how we think here. Patriotism used to be the number one thing. Now consumption has superseded that. They were always neck and neck and consumption's just blown it out of the water, patriotism. Student loan relief. It's my view that Congress will end up forgiving between $15,000 to $20,000 in student loan debt by the end of spring. The $50,000 that I've heard floated around online and that kind of thing was way too much, but $10,000 is not enough. And so I think that Congress, because I think there's a lot of Congress people who are still paying their student loans, they're going to make this observation and bring this up rightfully so and that's going to change the tenor of the negotiation so keep your eye out for that and that student loan forgiveness very significantly affects black people but in general anyone with student loans that's going to help right there you go and then finally i have to ask like all these questions that i'm asking it's not enough that i ask them of other people i have to be mature and self self-reflective and ask those questions to myself. How am I bettering the community I'm in? If I'm an employer, how am I helping people live a sustainable life? How am I getting them in front of services and goods that will, and them being my employees um, and colleagues, how am I getting them connected to things that will make their life better versus just the bottom line? So when I talk about Black History Month and when I think about it, it's really complicated for me. I think it's great and all, like I said, that we shine the light on the things that Americans of African descent, Black people have done in this country, but I do stuff every single day in this country. Period. Every single day. I, I am a citizen 365 days a year in this country. And let me tell you, I'm tired. It is exhausting. This country's tiring for the reasons that I've listed out. And all of you guys I know are tired after the past year we've had. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Black History Month and what you think. Let me know what you think and I hope you have a beautiful day.